Hello there and welcome along to the podcast Sport and Life. How are you? I hope you're well. This is Tuesday the 7th of July 2020, first week of lockdown being very relaxed in the UK and I uh, hope you're well and enjoying the, the freedoms that we've uh, got, the newly reacquired freedoms. Thank you to Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV, sponsors of the podcast, guys who are specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands providing solutions based around high-quality customer service and installations. Jason Briggs and his team, who are housed in the courtyard in Montpellier, just around the corner from where I live in Cheltenham in the west of England. And not only uh, are they providing sort of top-notch Bang & equipment there at that store, but through that sister company, Serene AV, can steer and guide you and help you sort of decide upon other equipment you may want for your entertainment room whatever it might be and they're very bespoke in their approach and through that company Serena V they will get other brands not just the fantastic Bang Olufsen and I've got some great headphones from them H4 Bang Olufsen recording headphones as well really appreciate and I'll keep an ear out as well with those guys about any deals that come up potentially or any new equipment they have in stock thank you to Cytoplan as well for supporting the podcast is a supplement company based not far from here in the west of England in Welland who my father has been on the consultancy uh, board there helped them design supplements in the past and is working on one right now foundation formula a kind of uh, holistic a new multivitamin i think it's gonna be four tablets to take per day of this but it's a kind of one-stop shop or your fish oil or your trace elements so i'll let you know about that when it comes out but as for now cytoplan.co.uk if you'd like a 10 percent discount on their food-based supplements i take immunovite i double m u n o v y t e fish oil and something called Foundation Formula, which they're they're working to in, enhance, but that's kind of their multivitamin or multivitamin, if you're listening in the States. And it is um, available via cytoplan.co.uk, C-Y-T-O-P-L-A-N.co.uk. And if you use the discount code DRAPER10, which is my last name, DRAPER, D-R-A-P-E-R, all capital letters, the number 10 you'll get a 10 percent discount something we've been doing for a couple of decades actually and not that i've had it sort of the rough but i've worked a lot of shift work as a sports broadcaster in the uk uh, particularly working sports news so sometimes you're getting up two in the morning three in the morning other times you're going to bed at two in the morning so it kind of can impact your sleep which is supposed to be the foundation of your immune system so to try and counteract that a little bit i've always been keen on my supplements trying to get rest and uh, that's bigger emphasis as i get older uh, trying to focus on my sleep as well and, and realizing how important that is through people like Matthew Walker on the Joe Rogan podcast and you know kind of uh, the science of it is quite frightening but I think the supplements I think also above and beyond through my dad who's a, a general practitioner doctor general practitioner doctor and a nutritionist has helped design uh, nutrition supplements and also run courses in the UK it's kind of a sense that perhaps in our food particularly in the UK the soil we have here we don't have all the trace elements selenium zinc etc etc and as our caloric needs go down in modern life uh, the theory being that we need to, to boost it because our diet was based on being hunter gatherers or even working in factories or physical jobs where we were burning a lot of calories we're actually taking in less calories despite by and large getting more obese so it's a, a strange situation so i think for me supplements make sense to try and make sure i get those nutrients vitamin c vitamin d uh, particularly the vitamin d has been linked to coronavirus resilience hasn't it and it's be interesting 
to speak to uh, our guest today, Tanya Swift, who is someone I met at the Cheltenham Wellbeing Festival last year. She was giving a talk or kind of contributing to a talk on on fatherhood with a guy who's a sort of celebrity doctor, actually, in the UK, Dr. Oscar Duke, who's appeared on the BBC. Really interesting chap. And he was talking about the dynamics. And I was a fairly young father, relatively. My daughter's just turned five. So we're talking about that and, and the experience of being a dad and how we it's changing it's a new role and Tanya was there to get offer her expertise as an early years uh, physical development specialist and just someone who's worked a lot with young children and she's uh, going to talk to us about that on the podcast but also she has suffered from coronavirus in this um, pandemic which she hasn't actually had an antibody test but she's pretty con- convinced it is with her breathing difficulties with the doctors consultants feedback on what she has to do so it's going to be interesting to get her take on that and health and immunity and managing yourself because it seems like as it has done for some of my colleagues that I know have had coronavirus it's a long way back in terms of getting back to 100% obviously some people tragically have lost their lives a lot of people thousands of people have tragically lost their lives but moreover people who are supposedly sort of relatively young and healthy are struggling to, to shake off some of the fatiguing symptoms of this and the, the sort of hangover that coronavirus is leaving so uh, without further ado be great to, to hear from Tanya Swift and just listen to what she has to say about the unique situation that we're facing as well with children uh, around early years. See what you make of this, because I think like a lot of us, I don't know how you are. We've got a little girl. We've been home, homeschooling for three, four months. She's now back at school for two days, but it's been a challenge, been a changing role. And obviously as an only child for her, it's been a dynamic where she's been away from children for long periods of time. And that's kind of been a concern for us and she's embracing going back. So see what you think here. Good chat with Tanya Swift, who's um, very knowledgeable and definitely one of those get up, get out there, effusive characters. Okay, guys, hope you enjoy this. Hello, Tanya. How are you? I've just seen your message. Hi, Ed. <laughs> yeah. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Um, yes. Good, thank you. Good, thank you. Good. You're bouncing back because you're one of the, I guess I know a few people now, a handful of people with, who've had coronavirus, all with different symptoms and, and different kind of experiences. But how are you feeling and, and what's your, what's your COVID-19 story been? Oh, well, I'd say I'm more irritated than anything because <laughs> I have, I can't breathe very well. So I can't do oh, any no. exercise. Even my doctors told me not to. Oh, and man. being an active person, it's killing me. Yeah. But, yeah, are, you allowed, are you allowed to walk or is it no? Yeah, no, I can do gentle walks, but I went for a very leisurely bike ride the other day and just couldn't breathe. So I have to. So I have been told by my doctor to be lazy. How's that for? Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, like, I'm, I'll, I'll survive. It'll all be fine in the end. Good. That's, like, that's about embr- embracing new, um, new things in the lockdown is trying to kind of see the positives in it. So that's the interesting aspect, I suppose, trying to relax if you're forced to relax and not and not do stuff is one way but I think yeah I've got a colleague at Sky Sports actually who had um, a similar experience where she I'm not sure the breathing is, is is too severe but she just feels completely washed out almost a bit like glandular fever when, when I had that from what she was telling me the symptoms of you know after she's had it she just felt very tired for, or still feels tired now a good couple of months later so it's, uh, it's a yeah, very str- mysterious one. Well it's it's quite interesting because I actually am a long-term sufferer of chronic fatigue Um, So I've actually learned how to manage it. Mm. And I mean, they don't know about, you know, where chronic fatigue actually comes from, but they do think it's, it it often is, it stems from a virus. Mm. So it could be sort of that kind of, you know, a a viral, well, COVID-19 virus induced chronic fatigue 
sort of mm. thing. So in a way, I'm I'm quite good at managing because I am quite a crazy busy person. So I do manage my yeah. energy. Levels. Yeah. So so some people, I guess, it's a whole new ball game having to figure out how to manage it. Yeah, and that's that, true. Yeah. Anyway, that's that a whole long conversation <laughs> as well. well you- You've, well, it's interesting because you're obviously a strategic person because you work with, with kids and you've sent me the, the, the latest resource, which is really cool, the line and the chair. And I read the story this morning and, and looked at some of the teachings in there about how you, you work. And I suppose that structured approach is, uh, is a positive one. You obviously do that with your personal life as well in terms of managing the, the chronic fatigue. It's an interesting, um, interesting outlook. Isn't it? I suppose you, you kind of uh, fail to prepare, prepare to fail kind of thing. Hmm, I don't know, actually, now <laughs> you ask. Um, yeah, I suppose I suppose it's always about looking at the bigger picture hmm. and then one step at a time. So, um, you know, when I work with young children, it's not, it's not an approach of, well, you know, you learn to read separately to learning to learning mathematics to learning social skills. It all happens together. Mm. So having a positive joint up approach with everything means those smaller steps are going to happen. And I guess, I guess I, you know, I, I encourage adults to live a bit more like children, you know, play mm. and enjoy what you do. So I, I, you know, I say I'm an active person, but I don't do exercise because I have to, I do it. I do things and I choose things that I really enjoy Yes. And that means I stick to it more and that means I develop more. And it's just, that's, that's what happens with young children. Mm. They will learn and develop and grow in every way if they're having fun. Yeah. Just the joy of movement, isn't it? You see them just enjoy moving and using their bodies. It's, it's fascinating when you see that on a trampoline or running around a park or, you know, I try and play tag with my little girl because it, it kind of you realize that you don't have to have a specific gym plan and a, a regime. You can just you can just uh, chase them around all day. It's, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it's, it's, it is quite interesting how. Um, of course, it's really important for parents to have their, their time as an adult without children. Mm. But um, being an outdoorsy person, um, sadly, I don't have my own children. But being an outdoorsy person, I'm often surrounded by mm. people who are outdoorsy, who take their children with them. Yeah. And and ultimately, everyone is enjoying themselves. Yeah. So, you know, I always say to parents, find something that's active, if possible, outside that you enjoy and most probably your child will enjoy it as well. Then everyone's a winner. Yeah. It doesn't have to be two separate things, really. And children being outside, I mean, children naturally are drawn to nature. Mm. Um, mm. So you don't even have to make up things, um, too many things, because if they're in nature, they're already, you know, inspired. And it's what we call in early years, they're in an engaging environment. It will engage them and they will have awe and they'll discover new things. Yeah. Um, and then if you, as a parent, are be having fun and enjoying being active with them, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like a no-brainer, really, isn't it? <laughs> I know. It? I know. It's funny. We do, we do overcomplicate a lot of things, don't we? It's interesting because we, I've, I've gone out on a few nature hunts because we've had homeschooling and, and homework set for us to find different animals, butterflies and, and wood lice and, and stuff like all different things. We've got, gone to the park to find. And actually, 
you reconnect and you sort of realize the health benefits of that. And obviously I'm, I'm aware that being outdoors is great, but like you say that the kids sort of know this stuff instinctively and we have to sort of reverse engineer it and figure it out and make it educational and say, Oh, we should be exercising. We should be doing this. But I think in our guts, we know it's true. And um, it's interesting because I've been speaking on the podcast to a lot of black athletes recently about the black lives matter movement and equality. And I always think about my little girl Zoe and how she doesn't even you know, conceive of race. It's about how good people are and what attributes they bring to the table. It's about judging people on their, their own merits. And you think there's a lot to be said for the wisdom of, of young children. I'm sure you must appreciate that working with them. Yeah. Well, I mean, Black Lives Matter is close to my heart since I grew up in South Africa, mm. um, sort of at the tail end of the apartheid days. Mm. And I'm one of those South Africans that preach have spent many many of my adult hours <laughs> preaching to people about how wrong their their casual racism is but anyway mm. no, it's true. um i just had to sort of put that in there um yeah. because i have actually seen and witnessed some terrible things in my days as a young you know when i was a young mm. south african mm. but talking of that um in South Africa, growing up in a hot country, you would either find me on my bicycle up a tree or <laughs> in a river. Yeah. And I was, I was allowed to do it. I was left to just get on with it. Mm. Um, and I had a great time. My sister didn't enjoy being active as much as me. She liked different things. My sister was the academic. I see. So, you know, so my parents had to sort of find things that, that she maybe would enjoy more but saying that she still was very active mm. um but it was just i was allowed to just naturally have fun it yeah. just it, i guess it seemed like a normal thing <laughs> and um i guess once you reach school then they you know they put more um uh, onus on on academic achievement mm. and i you know, I wasn't I wasn't a um, team sports player. I was I've always been that person who just likes to go off and do my own thing. <laughs> um, but then I was forced, and I was also a clumsy kid because I had bad a bad ear. Oh, no. So <laughs> I was forced to play <laughs> hockey, and I used to half kill myself every time. Oh yeah, yeah. But you're right. So so but... it's it's that whole thing of when you're young, if you are allowed to just ha enjoy being outside and, and move. Mm you most probably will find something you like. Mm. And, um, you know, just having, I, th I think also going back to your point about complicating things, mm. because because I've, tra I've trained a lot of teachers, PE coordinators, what have you. And a lot of people who are new to early years, one of the, the comments that they make more than anything is, Oh, I didn't realize how simple it had to be. <laughs> like we do overcomplicate it. Young children don't need a lot no. to entertain them. They need a bit of imagination, um, you know, something that's so, you know, using what they, they're interested in, active stories, you know, things like that. It's a nature. It just sparks their interest. Yeah, it does reawaken us when we go out into nature with them and sort of kind of see it through their eyes and I, I suppose reignite our own appreciation it's interesting that you growing up in south africa because I, I think we spoke before and we we met at the Cheltenham Wellbeing festival which was a great talk about uh, being dads and, and stuff like that with uh, dr oscar duke which was which was good but i remember because i grew up in the west indies my formative years from the ages of about four till eight and obviously every night after school we'd be on the beach swimming and, and this kind of stuff and i wonder because i've always felt that 
I sort of miss that in the UK winters. But there is a sense that you can still get out, can't you? I think that's sometimes a British mindset. I don't know whether you find that, that we're sort of too intimidated by rain, even though it rains most days. And we, we don't get out because we're maybe too, too safety first sometimes or, or too cautious. Well, I think it's, I mean, it's just the discomfort, I guess. We've become a little bit too comfortable in our mm. lives. Yeah. Um, I mean, oh, that cliche of there's no bad weather, there's only bad clothing. <laughs> But actually, there is something in that. And I learned that because when I first moved to the UK, I lived in London a couple of years, but then I moved to Glasgow. So I lived in Scotland. Yes. Where, I mean, just incredibly beautiful part of the world. Mm. But awful weather. Yeah. And it it took me many years before I discovered really good outdoorsy clothing. (laughs) And it, it changed my life. Yeah, yeah. You know, why would somebody be happy to go snowboarding or skiing? Mm. Um, if weather was going to stop you from being outside. It's about finding the right clothing for the right, um, you know, the correct clothing for the correct weather. Yeah. Um, And, of course, being out in the rain is not as much fun as being in the sunshine. But generally, children don't care. It's us adults. I know. We're still, yeah, yeah, we go, don't go out and get muddy. Don't, you know, it's too wet today. Don't go out. But if you get, if you get good waterproofs, they're fine, aren't they? That's the, the interesting aspect. But you're right. The, the equipment is the key. It's just uh, waterproof trousers are, are vital for a young kid. Yeah. But also, you know what? A dirty kid is a happy kid. A kid mm. that's been at the end of the day, because I used to run a children's center and we had a, a day nursery. And the amount of parents who would freak out because when they came to pick up their child, who was a mess. <laughs> and, you know, you would want, I'd want to say to them, do you know what? You should be celebrating your child such a mess because it shows that they've had a great time. Yes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. I mean, I know it's, it's rubbish for washing and all that kind of stuff. But um, it's, I mean, this goes back to the initial conversation of, it's all about getting back to nature. What's natural for a child? Um, and it doesn't, when we talk about nature, nature doesn't just have to be outdoors. Mm. You know, you can, do, you can do lots of natural things indoors. Yeah. But obviously being outdoors is ideal for a child. And letting a child get wet, letting them get muddy, um, you know, that kind of thing. And actually a bit of fresh air is really, really good for us. Mm. Mm. What you do you know? Yeah. Sorry. I was, no, I was just going to ask what your thoughts are on the because obviously the lockdowns eased dramatically now in the UK, but for the first few weeks there was only half an hour exercise. Did you feel for for kids at that time, particularly the physical aspect of it, for, for those people living in in tower blocks and stuff, there was a lot of judgment thrown around about people. But I was very mindful that actually the health of of people and mental and physical was was it prevalent that those people who don't have gardens needed that opportunity to get out, particularly those with with young kids. So I think I feel more sorry for the children. Yeah. <laughs> no, so, um, I mean, I think everybody has had a different experience during lockdown. Mm. Um, and, of course, not having a garden during lockdown would have made everything so much more challenging, whether you had children or not. I mean, it's just really awful to not be able to go outside. Mm. Um or, you know, at least not to go outside much. Yeah. And um, so, of course, it, 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 it w- would have impacted on children's sort of quality of being active and enjoyment of life. However, you know, um, I actually wrote, I wrote a few surviving lockdown blogs 
mm. and did some and uh, some vlogs because uh, I've got a YouTube YouTube channel. Okay, brilliant. What's the and, name? I mean, what name of that? Is that Tanya Swift? Is it? Um, if you go to my website, be inspired. So that's the letter B inspired. Yeah. UK.co.uk. Um, there's a link to my YouTube channel. I mean, I just recently started it because I had a lot of parents going, we don't know what to do. <laughs> um, and, of course, there's lots and lots of free um, activity videos. Mm. But what I was trying to explain to parents is if you actually create an environment, if you do certain, you know, it was kind of giving them top tips. Mm. Um, so, for example, if in your house – you have a reading corner, you have the uh, a sort of jumping corner, you have a corner that's your um, imagination corner. Do you know what mm, I mean? Like yeah. different, different areas, places yeah. or different rooms in your house. It would mean your child – so it's kind of the similar to how day nurseries are set up. Mm, yeah. So, so the idea is the – it's once again what we call an engaging environment – so you don't give your child lots and you know everything to choose from. Mm. You give them the option of say two or three things that they can go between, and it would engage them. It would en encourage them to try new things. It would encourage them to use their imagination. Um, and then, of course, you could still make use of technology by allowing them to watch activity videos. Mm. But a child is not going to follow activity of activity videos all day every day mm. so the idea was how do you fill the day with sort of engaging and interesting activities yeah that they could move from because a child cannot focus on one activity for very long no. they lose interest very quickly no the interesting about identity as well is that um, I actually did a lot of the homeschooling the first few weeks because my wife is a freelance graphic designer and she had a load of work that, that came in that then, then sort of disappeared and she became more the, the teacher. My daughter, it was interesting, wanted one of us to, to lead the teaching rather than if it, we were both around trying to kind of uh, <laughs> orchestrate it. But she... Um, but she liked to call us. I was Mr. Stubborn for some reason, and my wife was my wife was Miss Miss Rose. So there's a bit of sort of uh, play in in that. But we've enjoyed it. But it has been interesting because obviously, I suppose as parents, you're kind of supposed to be life teachers to your children anyway. But you've also got that separation, haven't you? Whereas trying to kind of um, before we sort of abandoned too much formality at the start my little girl decided she wanted to dress in uniform but then that felt strange to her so she she went away from that and we realized that in chatting to the teachers you can't achieve that much in a day and they, they were saying they don't actually do that much learning in a day because it's there's so much discussion and play and, and moving around my daughter's five so it's um you, you sort of realize it's quite intense for the kids if you're trying to sort of school tutor them one-on-one -on -one. Well, well, you know, and and ultimately, first of all, parents feeling that they need to be teachers. Mm. I mean, first of all, you're not. So no. it's fine. No. Teachers go to, they study, they get degrees. Yes. Um, so you don't have to be a teacher. Um, and second, you know, if you don't know something, you don't know something. So if you wouldn't know how to teach a child, mm. you can't suddenly, you know what I mean? So yeah. I think yeah. it, it, there's been this lot of pressure put on parents. Mm. And um, whatever age your child is, there's pros and cons. So a child in early years, they don't really need formal education till the age of seven. And we've seen this in Scandinavian countries. Children mm. have forest school. They're outdoors. They're playing. Mm. They develop so much um, 
that's what I talk about in my my book, Learning Through Movement and Active Play in the Early Years. Yeah. And it looks at just three children being active, playing, um, being exposed to different interesting environments. They develop, their brains develop, their social skills develop if they're with other children and or adults. Um, they, you know, just they learn mathematical concepts like shapes, how mm. things fit together, how water rises if you put something in it. Um, so if you, if you have a child in early years, formal education is just, you know, during lockdown, parents don't have to worry mm. about formal education, but the, what they do need to worry about is keeping them moving, keeping them engaged, keeping them interested. Mm. And I think one of the hardest things that have been for young children is not being around other children. Yeah. Yeah, big time. Especially, yeah, my little girl's an only child, and I think that's been big. She's actually gone back now two days a week, which only lasts now till next week, and then incredibly, it's the summer holidays. So it's, um, but I think she, she, she's embraced that going back actually very much. So I think you know we try and be as silly as possible, but it's not the same as as having kids around. So, well, it's 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 they they're socialising and mm. they're socialising with their peers. Mm. So I mean, you know, a lot of parents fret about their children going to nursery for their children, but actually, it's so important children sort of get so much out of being around children of their own age mm. also children that are younger than older you know they do develop responsibility they learn from other children um so you know i think that's what they've missed out on the most as mm. children get older of course the formal the formal education is a difficult one because they need to sort of learn things and if they're missing yeah. out on learning it is difficult um, I, but, but, you know, if, if this is just a short, this is just hopefully just a short period in our lives, mm, mm. children are resilient. They catch up, they can get there that, you know, and, and one thing that I always say to friends who are worried about their children who for, you know, if, unless it's a serious issue, I go, well, look, you're not sending them down coal mines, mm, you, you mm. know, you, you're giving them love, you're giving them entertainment. They, they're, they're fine. Yeah. Um, another thing that I think is has been a bit of an issue is, of course, everybody, no matter how uh, much you deal, well you're dealing with lockdown, we all have some level of stress mm. because it's just a very unusual time, and and there, there's going to be worries, like the worry of the unknown, the worry yeah. about our family, you know, and um, children pick up yeah. on parents' emotions. So um, the important thing is to deal with emotions because young children don't – the reason why they have tantrums, the reason why they behave badly is often because they have feelings that they don't understand. Mm. So that's an important thing for parents to do with children is to help them understand why they're feeling yeah. certain things. And these don't have to be discussions. It could be through an active story. Mm. Active stories are great for children. Hmm. It's, inter it's interesting to talk about stories because trying to think about the virus and obviously you have to explain it in a sense because there's social distancing in shops and the play areas have now reopened, but there's rules and, and regulations that aren't, you know, as, as free form as before. They can't sort of touch kids. They don't know. And I think there's almost this, this sort of the boogeyman about the virus, isn't there? This unknown sort of thing that we can't see. So that, that probably for kids is, is unsettling as well, isn't it? Yeah. The, whole, the whole surreal situation about it. Well, I think, yeah. And I mean, it's very, um, we talk about imaginative play 
And it's 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 actually a lot easier for children to get their heads around things if you give them some kind of um, context. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So if yeah. you actually, uh, I mean, something as simple as if you teach a young children how to run correctly, mm. you you don't go, okay, this is how you put your body. You go, okay, can we all be thin trees? Now we're being blown a little bit forward by the wind so can you lean a little bit forward now can you show me how you would walk on hot coals oh we got to lift our feet off do you know what I mean so you give them um Mm. something that they can understand rather than just just kind of go okay you know this is what it is because they just won't quite grasp it but using imagination is always great Mm, that's so. interesting. Do you find that women are better at that than men? Because my wife's a lot more intuitive about the sort of imagination side of it. I think I've got a good imagination, but in terms of that, I'm a lot more literal when I try and explain things. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't always go down as well. Um, I don't know no? if it's a woman or man thing. Well, I mean, I think women, mm, I was going to say, I think women don't mind being as silly with young children. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe it's because a lot of women and I still still in this generation probably spend more time with with babies growing up and maybe they're more aware of the the levels and I don't know it's an interesting one though it's um it's trying to figure out figure that because I think I do have imagination in terms of you know I like writing stories when I was a kid and stuff at school but actually it's uh yeah sometimes realizing you have to you know not just sort of make a literal instruction or a request it has to be <laughs> it has to be creative yeah and I mean look if um if you've spent a lot of time around children, mm. you know, then you would obviously know, be better at understanding how it, they work. So if, so like you're saying, if your wife spent more time around children of different age than you, then she just through experience will mm. have a bit of a better idea. Yeah. Um, and yeah, maybe women are generally, I mean, it's generally speaking more interested in, other people's babies than men are. <laughs> yeah. I don't see men cooing as much as women no, and other it's, people's it's, children. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It must be some oxytocin that you get from other people's children. I guess women get maybe get a bit more from, from released or something. Look, we have a we have something called breediness. It's very mm. annoying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, I think the important thing with children is engage their imagination and you don't need to know a lot, but, um, you know, just, just knowing a little bit. So rather than always relying on other people's knowledge, Mm. I mean, there was a very, very big jump at, um, using, um, I'm not going to name names, but there's (laughs) some celebrities out there who've, who've kind of done lots of, school activity they call them PE videos but they're not really PE videos they're just activity videos okay yeah yeah and parents and it's been great parents but parents have relied on that whereas just a little bit of understanding and knowledge yourself goes a lot further Mm. and would sort of so I mean it was kind of difficult because I was trying to explain to parents at the beginning of lockdown if you just take a bit of time now to get your house into a state that will be engaging for your child, if you just take a bit of time to change things around a little bit, mm. it will really help you in the long run. Um, but very few people just had the headspace to do it because there were just too many other things going on. Mm. How, how important is physical contact for kids with, with other kids, do you feel? Is that that's something that obviously has been missing to a, to a certain extent? Yeah, of... well, I mean, once again, it goes back to what's natural. 
Mm. Um, generally, children are very tactile. Generally, they they loved to engage with other children. Um, so, yeah, physical contact is is a natural thing for, for us humans to do. Mm. A lot of adults don't like physical contact, but that's just because it's something that's been unlearned, mm. for yeah. want of a better word. Yeah, that's interesting. But, but, I mean, the good thing about young children is they will bounce back very quickly. Mm. What's really important is that they have, you know, love from their parents, that they are supported. Um you know, the, the number one important thing for a young child is to feel loved and cared for. Yeah. Mm. You know, yeah, simple yeah. as that. And it's the, yeah. And, and, and that's the thing. We've had actually spent more time with our children. So that's a, definitely a positive, particularly when they're, yeah. when they're young in, in those early years. Because you, you, there is a sense of um, not depression, but a sort of uh, nostalgia when they first go to school. Because you realize suddenly that you haven't got that opportunity to spend as much time with them as you, you had previously. So I think that's nice that we've had that in a, se- in a kind of second window to spend, to spend that time. Is there any nuance between young boys and girls that you have to be aware of and different things that they may be interested in? I appreciate it's a spectrum where a boy or girl may fall on any point, but are there any general tips for, for people who have little boys or people who have little girls? So um, this, is a, this is always an interesting topic because I'm a great believer of, you know, nature versus nurture and don't treat girls and boys differently. Mm. You know, I think it's really important that you don't give them gender-specific toys yeah. and treat them in different ways um, because um, we are then inflicting our own sort of ideas yeah. on them. Yeah. However, um, in early years, boys and girls do develop in general differently. Mm. It changes as a girl, but you will and once again it's generalization you will find that girls will find it a little bit easier to sort of sit down and focus on a you know homeschooling <laughs> yeah or or you know just on some fine motor so they'll be happier to draw or something like that whereas boys do generally do need to do more boisterous running around crazy mm. things um and like i said this is generalization mm. um so i think if you are at home with a whole lot of boys, you're going to be exhausted <laughs> right now. <laughs> well, it's, it's funny. My, my nephew came over the other day. He's five. And he, he was just running around trying to sort of throw sticks around. And he was growling. He was actually growling. So I didn't know. <laughs> and then I'd read somewhere that the, the little boys get a testosterone dump about that age. But I don't know if that's, if that's true. Yeah. So, so that's one of – so when I say they, they develop differently, it's – it's physiologically, it's hormonally, those kind of things. And yes, they do get testosterone kick mm. um, later on in the early years. Yeah. Um, and so, yes, they're going to have all this pent-up energy and some potential aggression. Mm. And the best way to get rid of it is through being active. Yeah. So you try and run them before you try and get them to read or something. It's <laughs> a sort of uh, approach, particularly with, with, with a kind of uh, exuberant young boy. Well, to be honest with you, I mean... I think it's terrible to force a young child to sit down and read and write. Mm. Yeah. Um, because if they don't want to sit down and read and write, you know, and this, this is actually something that teachers in reception have a big issue with. Mm. Um, because actually young children develop their fine motor skills more 
through playing and being active than they do through sitting down using their fine motors skills. So because there's a lot of their brain that needs to develop and um, sort of the gross motor, so the the, the high-impact physical activity does underpin the Mm. development of their small fine motor skills. Mm. So actually, whether it's a girl or a boy – getting them moving is way more important in the early years than forcing them to sit down and read and write because yeah. they are busy. The, their brain is um, the left and right side of the hemisphere of the brain is, is learning to communicate. There's um, aspects of their brain that are, are developing cognitively through movement. There's so much that mm. actually is happening in the early years when children are playing. We, and this is something I say quite regularly. In early years, when children are playing, we actually say they're working mm. because they're actually developing. They're not just playing. Yeah. Um, and so that's why, that's why I really spend a lot of time focusing on early years physical development mm. because it's, it's so important to children being ready. Their, their school readiness is so important. Um, well, the importance of being act- active really, really. Sorry, I'm not getting the sentence out. Correctly. No, that's fine. No, no. <laughs> it's been a long day. Yeah. Okay. So, so it really has has a huge impact on their school readiness. Yes. Um, so a child will develop a lot more cognitively in the early years through being active. Mm. And social skills, children develop if they're being active with parents or with other children, they learn how to mm. socialize. They learn how to respect each other. They learn what's okay and what's not. They learn social rules through yeah. games and activities. And it's interesting, the general theme as well, because do you feel that parents are too intellectual about it and not instinctive enough that perhaps we, we need to sort of not worry about too much? It's, it's a sort of strange argument, because obviously I'm speaking to you as a specialist, but that we don't look too much to too many books, too many philosophies about what to do, that, that you do sort of follow your instincts about play and, and just letting yourself go? I mean, I, th- I think I do want to let your parents off quite a lot because I think it's a societal issue. Mm. Um, we've kind of, we've, so we've kind of lost touch with what's important naturally mm. um, because a lot of our life is led by um, what the corporates want. Mm. <laughs> so a lot of what we do in life is driven by marketing and sales and advertising. Um, and we don't even realize it. Mm. You know, something, one thing that I get on my high horse about a lot is cereals. Why would you <laughs> feed your child a breakfast that's full of sugar and chocolate? Yeah. If you really thought about it, it's crazy. Yeah. Do you no, know what no. I mean? Yeah. But it's because marketing companies are telling you this is what's good for your child. It's, fortif- it's fortified or something. With yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, so yeah, don't, I'd say don't overthink it, but actually educate yourself. Mm. So it's kind of, yeah. so I suppose you could call that a bit of an oxymoron. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying to people, you know, actually – Find people that are making sense about what's good for children. Yes. Um, it's like, for, just for example, with um, 
the COVID-19 epidemic. Mm. I So I'm one of those people, I like to educate myself. I like to feel like I know what's, what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so I haven't listened to the government because as far as I'm concerned, they <laughs> lie to us. What I have done is I've listened to scientists and yeah. to doctors mm. because they don't have a, a different agenda. They don't but, want to get anything out of it. They're also experts as well, aren't they? More to the point, they're kind of trained, yeah. trained in that, yeah. Yeah, they're way more ex- experts at this than the government. Mm. Um, so, you know, as parents, take a bit of time to find out who actually is making sense and educate yourself and don't always we we do kind of want the quick fix mm. so it, it you know it's you see it in dieting in exercise people want to pay for a diet pill so <laughs> you know we don't have time to figure this stuff out ourselves we want someone else to do it for us yeah i'm hoping that health is this is a catalyst actually coronavirus not it's all about the government and i think it's early days relatively but there's not been too much messaging about about health and fitness and, and activity and hopefully this, I know this, there's going to be an anti-obesity um movement but apparently there's, there's talk of gastric bands and stuff to to um to fight obesity rather than exercise like you say or maybe diet and nutrition which is which is interesting but i think it's still still an opportunity and um, one thing i was going to quickly say to you that people who are parents who may be listening and interested is about sleeping because i read a Sebastian Younger book called Tribe, which came out a few years ago, and he was detailing that it's only Northern European modern societies and the United States of America that has kind of encouraged this separation of adults and children very early on in life in, in terms of babies sleeping in separate rooms. What's your thoughts on, on that generally? Do you feel that's uh, something that we should be more receptive to, to kids sleeping with us? It's more natural? So, I mean, one of the reasons I, I believe that um, parents were encouraged to not sleep with their baby is um, cot deaths. Yes. Um, so obviously there have been occasions where obviously parents have, which is a horrible thing to talk about, but have actually turned over and smothered mm. their baby. So it, you know, it's, I guess it's a health and safety thing. Um, yeah. One thing that I think is really, and I say this to, to new moms you know, it's really good to listen to what other people are saying. But at the end of the day, you know your baby best. Mm, they're different. They're all different as well, aren't they? That's the interesting thing. Yeah. And we live in such a judgmental society. And we live in, in a society where everybody thinks they know better than everyone else. Yeah. And it's like I say, you know, educate yourself. But actually, you know, if something feels right to you, unless there's definitive, definitive data out there saying this is the worst thing you could possibly do for your baby mm. then then it's okay you know um obviously a lot of a lot of research um is there to help people make good decisions mm. but what we have to also remember is a lot of scientific research um and a lot of information that comes out changes because then because I mean, scientists will tell you the the beauty of science is it's forever changing because yeah. the more we know, yeah, the more we we discover more. If you know mm. what I mean? Yeah. Look at fat and sugar. When we were kids, it was fat was the enemy, wasn't it? And now it's now it's sugar. It's it's changed. Yeah. 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 And it's like five a day. I found out that five a day was just a number that was made up. <laughs> <laughs> just to get some movement. Yeah. Get some. Well, it's some, the thing it's, is though, it's to give people a little bit of. Um, clarity when it comes to 
what they should be doing. And the idea was instead of saying it's different for everybody and then people go, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. It's mm. about, well, this is a good, this is a good rule of thumb. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's yeah, okay no. if you have more and if you have a little bit less, you can make because up you for just it, yeah. can't fit it all, you know? Mm. Um, but yeah, so, so sleeping with your child, I mean, I know a lot of people who do it and I know a lot of people who don't agree with it. Mm. Um, but once again, if you are able to read up about these things, I mean, we have the internet. Yeah. You know, it's so easy. It's so easy to get information. Just get the right, right source is the key. But it's about than, finding yeah. the right source. Yeah. Mm. Because I, of, yeah. I was going to say, talk about judgment because I, I thought of you uh, earlier. I know I was going to speak to you obviously tonight, so I was thinking about that. But I was walking past 131 and I just put out a casual tweet just saying, um, you know, walking past, great to see. 131 opening up and other businesses on the high street really encouraging and the judgmental aspect some a woman came back to me and said well hang on a minute what about those other businesses you haven't listed them shouldn't you list them not just that one business and i was like what is this a personal twitter account i'm not i'm just remarking on this and it was fascinating that it was almost like she wanted to have an argument with me about no for no reason so that but i thought of you in 131 because obviously you dj there as well and uh you've not been able to do that how much have you missed missed spinning the decks <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so it's it's kind of been there's been different emotions about it because I do because I'm a music geek mm. so um obviously it's a paying hobby <laughs> yeah um because I'm a music geek I just love playing music mm. um I'm not the sort of hey I'm a big performance DJ I'm just really into my tunes so I've yeah. missed doing that I've missed it a lot um do you put but, music do you put music out anywhere on Spotify or anything do you have anything out there so actually what's been really cool about the lockdown for me is I've had the time to get my creative side back because oh, I am a creative. I mean, I was originally a fashion designer and then a DJ mm. um, and then went off to end up doing more, you know, the, 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 um, I was, I did lots of outdoor education in Scotland with teenagers and then um, the early years stuff, which I love. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I've managed to start making tunes. I haven't made tunes for about 20 years. Yeah, yeah. So it is a little bit amateur hour, but it's just been brilliant. And I'm now looking into getting sort of slightly more professional software and what have you. Mm. Um, because it's something that's just, yeah, it's something that, that I've got to somehow find time to do, which I have done mm. in lockdown. So so sorry, long answer. No, I I don't put my own tunes out, but I might just do that soon. Who knows? Yeah, What's you should face? do. Well, let me but know. The, let me know. Yeah, Good. the one thing about the DJing though, with with having um, COVID nineteen, well, I haven't been tested with having suspected COVID nineteen, yeah, and having the long term um, effects. Um, I've not missed the late nights because I'm tired no. all the time. Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, hopefully I can get back to DJ soon and hopefully it will be afternoons and early evenings and, and leave, leave the late nights to all the young'uns. Yeah. Well, I think, <laughs> I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? Because again, there's judgment of people going out, but I think there is a sense that human beings need that. You've obviously studied the sort of human, particularly the young humans, but there is a, they are social animals, aren't we? So I think there is an element of uh, this has been a challenging time with, with that in mind, particularly for people who, who may live on, live on their own. Yeah, I mean, so I think some people, so um, I've been fortunate. I've been in lockdown with my partner. Him and I get on brilliantly. We have a great <laughs> relationship. And we've actually really just enjoyed more time with each other. Yeah, yeah. Um, but saying that, we can't wait to sort of 
do a bit more sociably. Mm. Um, um, there's been people, obviously, that we know who are on their own. It's been really difficult. I think the hardest, hardest thing has been um, single parents. Mm. I think that has been incredibly difficult. Mm. Um, um, of course, there's lots more. There's people who've been shielding and what have you. Yeah. But people who are single or parents who have had to work, so they've had to juggle being a parent and um, working. Yeah, very hard um, to get your focus, isn't it, and feel, feel committed to anything, I think, in those scenarios. That's a difficult very thing. difficult, yeah, especially if your children are young. Mm. So, well, I guess that's, that's you. You've, you've had to juggle work and yeah. We've been lucky in a way, a way that it's ebbed and flowed so that my wife and I have both sort of been able to focus on it as and when more completely. But yeah, there can be can be tricky moments, I think. Where you, and I think that's a sign of the modern times as well. You can feel perpetually distracted, can't you, with all the technology and mobile phones. So you have to you have to discipline yourself a bit around that anyway and, and deliberately not check emails if you're trying to homeschool and, and trying to focus on your, your child. I think it's that whole thing of if you, you know, going back to what I was saying about the blogs and blogs that I did, if you give them the you know the engaging and the um uh in, environment mm. you know if you give them different spaces they are able if you teach them they're able to go off and entertain themselves yeah um then you don't have to constantly be entertaining them mm. and if from time to time you give them actual quality time even if it's 10 minutes that will really help but children um you know they they're learning from us yeah. So if you just, you know, if you just give them attention all the time and you don't educate them as to this is mommy or daddy's time and this is your, you know what I mean? Mm. They're not going to learn. So, no. it, you know, you're going to create the rod for your own back. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you have to put the effort in at the beginning because yeah. it's going to it's going to pay off. You're speaking um, about focus as well. My, my little girl is very diligent about reminding me to put my phone down and things like that. So she's very, uh, she's very hot on that, which is good actually for me to, to have that reminder. Oh, uh, children yeah. are very good at pulling up their parents. I love yeah, that. Yeah. When we used to want um, parents to do things, but, you know, when I worked in earlier settings, mm. if we wanted parents to do things, we would just tell the children because the children <laughs> would make them do yeah, it. Yeah. We didn't even ask the parents. I don't, they don't give up, do they, Nagging? They, no. they'll, they'll, keep, they'll keep it up. They'll, they'll be committed to it, which is, uh, yeah. which is great. But Tanya, tell me quickly about, before we, before we end the conversation, the lion and the, the chair and, and that project, that resource, because that's presumably something that people can get in touch with you for, is it? Yes. Yeah, so, um, so I've I've got experience working with educators in early years, um, mm. as well as parents. But I I spent more of the last few years um, working with teachers, you know, training teachers. I've done various consultancy works work for for example, I've helped Cambridge International Education write a uh, um, curriculum for India. You know, I've done that kind mm. of stuff. But last year I decided I want to start working more with parents and families because I love it. Yeah. Um, and so I started doing that, but then obviously lockdown interrupted it. And while um, during lockdown, I realized because I have lots of things available online, but mm. people still love good physical yeah. um, resources. Mm. And I've got lots of really cool little characters and what have you. And I am, um, saying I'm a creative, I have a degree in multimedia and audio. Oh. So I taught myself how to use Illustrator and I've taken lots of my elements of activities and what have you, and I've pulled them together in the one book. Mm. And this is going to be a series of books. So this Fantastic. is the first of a series. So it's a story 
and then it looks at so you the story is where where you start and then you can create an active story from that with yoga moves so i've got a kids yoga an early years yoga resource called mini yo and then it's um how you can teach them language so phonics yeah. And how you can use the story to teach them emotions mm. and then numbers. So then you can look at the story and create things around numbers. So it's a real holistic way of, of helping children learn and grow yeah. through imagination. So it's, you know, it's a start. And hopefully if parents use this book, um, then they could actually create their own stories um, and their own, you know, holistic way of teaching people or with, uh, children. Sounds brilliant. Where can we where, where can we get the book? Can we get it on your website or yes, Amazon? on my website yeah. right now. Um, at some stage, because so this is the first of a whole lot of resources. I'm going to be making lots of other cool little things, like right. cool little bags and and what have you to go <laughs> that children can have to use for being active. Yeah. So um, watch the space. Really, it's I'm excited. Well, you're about in, it. but you're inspiring though, reeling off all the different sort of career avenues you've had and stuff. I suppose that's just that that's almost embracing that childish curiosity to to not feel like you've got a limited identity, isn't it? I, I love that. That's great. Yeah, and it's that whole thing of I'm a little bit of a rebel at heart. I don't believe in suffering through life. If something isn't working, mm. put the effort in and you know move forward. Obviously, I've had tough times, like everybody in mm. the world. But, um, you know, if you, if you don't put the effort in, you're not going to get the happiness out. You've, you've, you can't look elsewhere. You have to do it all yourself. Yeah, don't, set, don't settle. That's an interesting yeah. thing. Yeah, and yeah. Um, can I just very quickly make a point about um, you were talking about, bar, you know, going out. Mm. Um, so we almost lost my partner's father in March. Oh, man. Sorry I've been suffering with... You know, and, and uh, you know, I'm mm. quite, I'm getting on with it, but it's actually been very, very hard not being able to do much, mm. struggling with breathing most days, all that kind of stuff. And I want people to understand that COVID-19 really is a big problem. Mm. And, you know, as a society, we really do need to be careful. I know so many people who just, it's, they're behaving as if we're not in a pandemic. Yes. So, you know, I just need people to really understand that their actions can really affect other people, mm. you know, and it's the same. Your actions can f- affect your children. Yeah. You know, what you do is going to have an impact on your children's life. It's the same for what we're going through now. Yeah. Your actions can have a huge impact on other people. So just be sensible. It's short term. It's not forever. No, we want, to, we, we want to see it out, don't we? That's the thing. We want to kind of get rid of it once and for all because it's, it's caused so many health and, and dire tragedies and also just the financial impact. So if we don't, if we don't see it out now, if we don't hold our nerve, it's almost um, pointless in a sense that, that what we've done so far, isn't it? That's the tricky part. Exactly. And, you know, going back to the, the economy, Mm. You know, as you were saying, you know, if, if this, if people aren't sensible now, this is going to drag on and more and more of us are going to become unemployed. Yes. You know? Yeah. You yeah. Better, better get it done sort of properly and as, as quickly as we can. Yeah. Yeah. And just remember, it's not forever. If mm. you can just, you know, people are so impatient. We yeah. want things to happen now. Just try and learn a bit of patience and it'd probably help with life in general. Yeah. <laughs> you being given patience. Just be careful with alcohol when you're out because social distancing becomes more difficult. It doesn't people get gregarious and, uh, and tactile, like you say, with the, the kids. You must revert to that. So you have to be. Uh, yeah, it's, be it's, it's, t- it's tough, but it's not the worst. No, it's not the worst. <laughs> well, Tanya, I really appreciate it. Um, so remind us your website quickly and I will put it on the, the podcast notes as well with the, the synopsis. Thank you. It's, it's the letter B. 
inspiredukcouk be inspired it's not the UK. Easiest. Yeah. UK. No, you've got it. Yeah, but no, it's good. It's just you have to find whatever's there. But I like the name. It's it's great. Um, and send me a picture through as well of of you in in action with the DJing or or with the the early years stuff because I'll put it up on my social media to promote the podcast too. So that'd be great. Thanks. It's yeah. I'll I'll send you. I'll look for a few pictures and send them over. And hope to speak to you at a wellbeing festival soon if we can get a physical one up and going. So that'd be good. It was great to be part of the Cheltenham Wellbeing Festival last year with you. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. The the, the Cheltenham Wellbeing Festival is fantastic. And yeah. they're doing ongoing things. I'm still doing lots of ongoing things with them. Mm. Um, you know, before lockdown, we did a few events and then I've been involved in some of their online events. So, yeah. So, yeah, it's a it's a really good – they're the, the good – they're brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Live, live Life Well Weekend, I think coming up in September, Alex and Lottie, the, the ladies who organise that, have got another one coming up, which should be, be great to, to, to Yeah, do, they always have content. amazing content. Yeah. I mean, they had a weekend, uh, la- was it last month? Yes, yeah, I did, a, I did um, one, one talk with an adventurer, actually, a woman called Paula Reed that was, was, was interesting. Uh, yeah, guess, so a Zoom, a Zoom call, was, yeah. I, I yeah. watched that. Oh, I watched great. That. It was great. Yeah. Oh, good. Good. So weirdly, I have a, a senior program as well, which I kind of developed for grandparents working with kids. Okay. So I did, a, I did, I was involved, but for my senior stuff. Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> That's the opposite end of the things. spectrum. Yeah, but then we're all the same, aren't we? So it's, it's there's things you can, there's nuggets you can carry through. With with all yes. sorts of humans at different stages can't you so that's good but that's nice well old older people and young children they 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 live life at the same rhythm mm, they like to play yeah yeah they're sort of less serious sometimes as well aren't they yes. mellow, mellow yes. at that age yeah that's yeah. nice well tanya thank you very much we'll um we'll speak soon hopefully catch up for a coffee when when things uh relax even more so that'd be great oh that'd be great thanks Ed. Uh, and re- that's, rest rest yeah. up as well i will i will and you take care as well Take care. Thank you very much. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Brilliant. I enjoyed it. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye. So there we have it, Tanya Swift. Really important cautionary word there, wasn't it, from someone who's actually had coronavirus or strongly believes that she's had coronavirus, and clearly her doctors believe that as well. Just to be mindful as we come out of the lockdown in the UK, and I know we look at the, the sort of renewed surges, the, the uh, revival, the resurgence in coronavirus cases in the USA and Australia. And I know it's a complicated, complicated picture because we weren't testing necessarily before, so we wouldn't necessarily pick up a lot of this. And it's talking about 80% of people being asymptomatic and then other people suffering sort of severe, severe illness. And obviously um, beyond that as well, the tragedies that we've seen. So, But I think it's important that we can try and just see this out now in terms of getting back to normality, inch our way back in and, and just uh, use best practice and just a bit of a bit of sensible approach to it so that we can you know kind of get back to the true normal you know the real the real world um maybe we'll learn our lessons about things about pollution working from home etc etc some positives may come out of it but in terms of being able to see people socialize and have that connection i think that'd be great if we can um get back to that place i hope you find that interesting I did find it really interesting about the idea of just relaxing a little bit with the homeschooling for children because you know, fingers crossed that won't continue into September, but it may well do. We don't know what the situation is yet going to be. Um, but something that we, we need to uh, bear in mind is just the, the importance of getting them out, physically moving, how they can learn in those early years through that, necessary, not necessarily sitting them down in a sort of office scenario like mini, mini adults and sitting at a desk and, and just trying to kind of write and read and things like that. So that was liberating for me and kind of alleviated some of that guilt, I suppose, which the modern sort of noise around us with all the multimedia can 
quite a little bit of guilt as parents, I think, sometimes. Let me know what you think, guys. If you like it, Ed Draper 81 on social media. Check out Tanya Swift. She's on social media as well. Check out beinspireduk.co.uk website, which hopefully put in the synopsis of this web of this podcast. So you can just click on the link there for that. Check out her advice on on, uh, looking after young children if you're in a similar position to me. And uh, anything else as well, check out her DJ sets as well when they come back. And maybe her music, which be good in the offing. Um, Thank you for listening to the podcast. Do appreciate it if you uh, like it. Love it if you could subscribe to it and write it and write it and review it on iTunes as well. My little girl's just uh, on my arm now. Gloomy evening in uh, July in England. The uh, hot May and April, which is a bit of a godsend in the in the uh, look, proper lockdown months of April and May is now sort of dissipated and we've got big storm clouds and, and cooler weather. But nonetheless, uh, good that things are relaxing a little bit. I hope you're well where you are financially, physically, mentally, and appreciate you listening to the podcast. Thank you, guys. Hope you're well. And keep in touch. I'm just going to go and get my little girl into bed. Bye for now.